It is on like Voltron once again, y'all, but this time I have a very special guest from the Filipino Mamma Mia cast, the groundbreaking cast, the, the groundbreaker, Mike Palma. Hello, everybody. Woo, What's up? It's an honor to be here, bro. Seriously. I've bro, been listening to your stuff for a while now, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you were listening. I'm really, I, I, we were talking about it a little bit in the warm-up that you were, you'd been listening, and I'm really excited that you've been... Because they're all our friends. I yeah, mean, no, it's great. I'm going to name drop right now because Jason, I love Jason Rogel to death. Well, he was just last week. Exactly. He was just last week. Yeah, we, no, you, had, you could listen to it later. Okay. And then, of course, Edelin, obviously, was in the show with us. Theo, I shot his wedding. Caesar, I've always like uh, loved his abs. That's where I met you. Where? I was going to ask you. I was going to test you. Where did we meet? No, we met at Fio's wedding. In that. In that. I'm, I'm, I wanted to ask you this specifically. Where was the first place you and I met? I, I'm try, I, oh, I was trying to remember. I, I thought you. No, that's that, why I couldn't remember. But I'm going to tell you, and then because I, I have to call myself out on this, too. Oh, so good. Because you, you mentioned it already. Born Supremacy. You were there too? Yes! We went there two days, and the second day it was just you, me, John John, uh, Lito Villarreal. There was a day when it was just we must, the did we not? We must have not sat down and had like an interaction, because I don't even... We did, because it was that, that second day was, again, I think four or five of us only. But then there was that first day when it was the whole loop group. And I don't remember we, that second day. Well, this is the thing that kills me. So when Edelyn was on here, she had mentioned that we were all doing that loop uh-huh. group for Super Yeah. Easy. But Joan was in that loop group. I don't remember that loop group. Well, if I'm not mistaken, and if Edlin's not mistaken, if Joan was on that loop group with us that day when there was like everybody, then I'm the asshole because I'm like, I don't remember Joan being there. No, because I would see, but that's the thing. There were so many of us there because they that had, day. they, because yeah. I think it was Antoine. Deal. Yes, yes. Antoine, Antoine was, was the one who hooked everybody up. He was, he yeah. was like Facebooking message everybody. Absolutely. Like, who knows how to speak Tagalog? Who can do? Who can do this day? Who can be? Who's available? And he got like thirty of us exactly to like all get over there, and we all got a nice little check, and it was really, really <laughs> hell yeah. I mean, it was a nice when when you haven't been working in a little while, and, and somebody scale, just bro. calls SAG scale, and you're working on a movie. That's but a nice. That's where you and I first worked together. Okay, and then I said that second day it was just the boys. I said that's where I met John John. Okay, and then again Lito was there. I don't think I was on that second day. I, I only remember. I, I could swear you were. I'm, I'm, I'm most positive I only got one check. I wish I got two checks, but I'm pretty sure I only got that one day yeah, because that's where I met John John, and yeah. I was like, yeah, it's John John. No, Briones, well, I mean bro. John John Briones is you know. Dude. I mean, I I I was lucky with the, with Magno, but yeah. It, it, it was a trip because I was lucky because I like you, you, we were talking about all these people and all these different names that you talk about and for me you know I'm in my little home little <laughs> comedy world of yeah. what I think is funny <laughs> so some of these names aren't familiar to me and at the time when I first met John John I knew that he was somebody just because the way everybody was treating him yeah. but I really didn't know his story yet so for me, coming there as a you know new from Chicago actor and just acting with John, I was just trying to, just trying to do hold my work. own. Yeah, yeah exactly. just do my, just, yeah, do, my, yeah, yeah. Do, just do my work. And then when I found out everything, I was like, wow, this guy's gonna be my mentor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I already knew. I think he was. Dare I say he was already, or he was about to go to London mm. to do uh, the West End. Yeah, um, yeah. Around that time, yeah, yeah he had just gotten cast in Saigon. Yeah, yeah, and I knew that this brother was like that. Yeah, I was uh, I was so happy to be yeah. able to see him in in the West End. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. That was a trip for me, and it was a trip. Like again, it was. 
luckily, selfishly, it was a personal thing because when you see your homie getting a standing ovation on the West End, meeting and, and, Princess and Diana or something, but like not that. even that—that that you've been in the rehearsal room with him and you, yeah. you've exchanged notes and you talk about how we're both, you know, like you—you you feel as if you're on the same plane as yeah. he is. I, I like that you said that last time in your other podcast, dude, because. In a way, it's it's their success, but yeah, the, you're you're kind of sharing it a bit because you have a history, you have something that you guys both went through at the same time. Yeah. So, and that's why, and to be honest, that's why you should always support your friends that have gigs that you're not a part of because, you know, you you are a part of their journey. In well, a, but this in is what way, this is you know? this whole thing is about, right? The the, yeah. the I mean the the motto of this podcast is you tell your story, you tell our story, yeah. and by sharing each other's stories, by by sharing each other's experiences. We realize that this is a you know we're all to, we're all we're connected all, yeah we're all connected we're all connected and right? again I, if Joan was in that room with us for Born Supremacy damn then I'm the asshole we'll see but I know that Joan was there she was for ours on uh, with Edelin with the big then, group yeah then so then you if you were in it with the big, the big group, group then you were yeah. there yeah damn. and it just it was probably just we there There's were so, so many, many people us. there yeah, that yeah. man we probably I probably met. 15 new people that I had never yeah. met before in my life. So it, I apologize. If no, no worries. I don't remember. <laughs> no, I don't even remember. I didn't. Again, Joan. No, but I was racking my brain because I'm like, I know I've met this guy so many times, but you, then you you shot Fio's wedding. Yeah, exactly. Episode two. Fio. See, but, that, but that's what I'm talking about with this Filipino, Asian American, you know, Pacific Islander community of actors here in Los Angeles. It's really one of those things that's, it really is a community of folks that, take care of each other and nurture each other and that's what for me this podcast is about is like bringing folks like that over here and then yeah. sharing your story so with that why don't we do that and <laughs> tell me tell me how you got in this game tell me where, where did you Dang. first where, where did you first start I mean you get you can go through the whole, just everything like, everything because 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 you're a man of many talents you got you got you got you got the photography going you got you got you're, you're acting you, you do a lot of different things so it's I, how did you get to become an artist? Because you know, that's what we really are at the end of the day, I'm, right? I'm looking back, and you asked me this question. Everything, it goes back to being Filipino. I know that it, it sounds weird, okay. even though it shouldn't be. But when I was a kid, and maybe you too, and maybe our Filipino uh, listeners, man, my mom and pops, they're like, you're going to take piano. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, right? Piano. Against my will. <laughs> oh, yeah. You better practice. Exactly. If you don't practice, you can't watch TV. Dude, my mom had the egg timer on the piano, and I would actually yeah. just forward that shit just so I can get to the end of it. Yeah, so because you could things. quietly, exactly. if you put turned it real. That's what I was just, doing. So yeah, you but my my <laughs> piano teacher, and I'm gonna say her name, you know, God rest her soul, uh, Tita Betty. Oh, we had a Filipina tech. Heck yeah, in Alhambra. Mm. So Tita Betty, um, she was uh, actually she taught piano. She was old at the time, but I loved her death. But as a as a required thing, you had to do Philippine folk dance as well. There was wow. no ifs, ands, or buts. If you were taking piano with Tita Betty, you're doing tinikling, you're doing all the dances. Wow. As a kid. See, and I had a Russian teacher. Oh, damn. So, so you probably play piano really well. <laughs> yeah, Rena was her name. I used to play piano like stupid. Yeah. I, yeah like everybody, I think. And and I, and then got, got well, I, like I wrote a musical... When I in the beginning of, the, of my career, I wrote yeah. Neo and Matrix. It was a comedy. Oh, I think you you mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, a yeah. comedy spoof. 
but like I could play the piano well enough to be able to write music. Like I could write little pop songs yeah. to chicks that I liked and stuff. So I, I used my piano playing for for chicks too. Yeah, of course. Hey, I mean, hell, if I got it, we might as well. I mean, if I got this piano thing, I might as well do this Lionel Richie and start playing piano. <laughs> oh, dude, I used to hell play Lionel yeah. Richie. I used to play Jeffrey Osborne. And then, the and then that song, the Everything I Do, I Do It For You, oh, that Robin Hood yeah. song, that thing where it was the piano right at the beginning. I'm like, I'm going to learn how to play this. And uh, James Ingram. Uh, uh, just once that oh, would kill with the girls. bro you could sing just once dude I would play it and then just anyways that's a long story going back to Tita Betty. Betty so I was I was doing Philippine folk dance for like years and another shout out and she came to Mamma Mia just to visit me after literally 23 Anne Marie Al was my partner and we were just kids that's awesome and her mom was one of the instructors Tita Elvi who sadly passed away a couple years ago but that's that's how I kind of got into performing in a way sure forced of course again and i you know i i love that experience again even though it wasn't my choice right and then a couple years later again all filipino my uncle immigrated from the philippines and he had to stay at our place for for a while about a uh-huh. year or two brother played guitar and he was into like helen reddy and he i had a bunk bed at the time even though i'm an only child i have no idea why i would have <laughs> killed for that shit how cool is that yeah it was So because you could have a choice exactly but we, what we did was when he moved in, he, we put it side by side. So my uncle was there and he played guitar every night and he taught me how to sing. So we were singing stuff like Midnight Blue. I mean, songs I, I look back and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I sang that. Right. But nonetheless, he joined a choir, a Filipino choir in uh-huh. town. And they were looking for a kid because this Philippine, like the biggest Philippine musical group was coming from the Philippines. It's a sarsuela called Walang Sugat, which okay. means... No wounds. No wounds, to, yeah. Walang Sugai. And the the artists that came over like the fucking Broadway heavyweights of the Philippines at the time. Yeah. I didn't know shit. I didn't know who they were. I just went in, I auditioned with a song, and they go, hey, we want, we want you to, to be on this tour. And so we toured all the West Coast, Canada, and uh, the, the East Coast, including the Lincoln Center and all these places. I, I didn't even know, right? I didn't care. I was a kid. Yeah. And... Basically, again, it was. I guess these people that were working there, or I'm sorry, that we were working with, they were literally the Tony-winning actors of the Philippines at the time. So all the all the heavyweights of the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. I, sadly, they're probably uh, have all since passed sure, away. Because sure, I think okay. I was like seven or eight at the time. I had a solo. I had a dying but that's, scene. That's pretty awesome, it though, was. that you got to hang with the 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 OGs of the Philippine cinema and and theater. Again, when as you were a kid, old, you're like, yeah, that's cool, whatever. Give me a sandwich. Um, but they were all super friendly. They took yeah. care of me like one of their own. Very cool. One my my big scene was I had a oh Bayangho. If you if you know Philippine music, that's like the patriotic song about you sing it about Bayangho means my homeland. Sure, sure, sure. You sure, probably sure. heard it. I'm sure I've heard it. I just don't know the name of the song. Leia yeah. sang it for the funeral of um, what? Oh my God, I'm, I'm horrible. The one who passed away with the yellow dress, People Power. Corazon Aquino. Oh, Corazon Aquino, okay. Um, so I had this scene, I had that song, and then I had a death scene where I get shot, and then they had to pick up my little body and bring it off stage. Awesome. Oh, yeah, it was like... You had a death scene so in your present. That's years awesome. Um, and so we toured... So you were hooked at eight, probably. I was, but I, at the time, all you... Seriously, and this is the highlight of that whole trip... My mom bought me a Darth Vader 8-inch action figure when we were in Toronto. Yes. <laughs> That's And I have a picture of him at Niagara Falls. And that was like the biggest thing of that whole trip. Hey, I man, that was your Oscar. That was my Oscar. That Darth Vader was your Oscar, man. I, I'll Dude. tell you, back in the day with those 8-inch, those were coveted. Dude, I wish I And you got that. Darth Vader. 
Yeah, you were lucky, man. He might be buried somewhere in in a box at home. I, he might be gone. Or you, or, or you might want to look for that because if <laughs> you could find it, I'm man, sure I could. You could I probably could sell that to some crazy dude on eBay for a thousand dollars and make you know. I'm just isn't it? If sad, not, though? I could. You, I, I could oh, look for it. Exactly. For <laughs> but that was that was the highlight of the whole trip. But then in retrospect. I was like, damn, I performed at Lincoln Center. I had a two scene. That's incredible. Um, we had the Council General of the uh, Philippines back then. And I think that's what got me hooked. And you were at eight. I was eight years old. Yeah. And you just thought, this is me. For, this is for me. This is it. Uh, quite honestly, I was just like, this is just what I'm doing right now. I had no like thought. Like I just loved it. Sure. Because I, I, I was singing already. But I never thought to myself, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. No. I just, you know, this is what I was doing. And I went back home. And then I, I grew up, you know, further in my, in my, whatever, my life until I started seeing Asians, no, the lack thereof in mainstream media. And I kept saying, man, this sucks. There's nobody. I and mean, you've brought them up so many times. There's only Bruce Lee at the time. Yeah. Maybe even Jackie Chan. Yeah. But then when I started seeing the tiny, tiny trickle of like Asian parts, I was like, dude, I, I should do that because I can do that. Yeah. Why can't I be able to do that? Right. Exactly. So... I, you know, I was still playing piano, again, using my powers for evil. And literally when I say that, it was literally just to try to date girls. Yeah, uh, don't I mean, judge me. But, no, uh, but I mean, at the, uh, <laughs> but really when you're younger and you have, you're lucky enough that your parents push you to do these things and you have these musical skills. I mean, it is. At the time. I mean, you don't realize the powers that you have when you can sing and you can play the piano and then you you just sit down at a piano and the, the girls will just come to you. And it was like. This shit is Dude. not hard if you do it like this. You, you feel me. You know it. I know. <laughs> Bro, we went, and by college, I had my game set because we were singing in a boy band and we were like had the black leather jackets and we were all set. Exactly. Because yeah, you had using it. Because yeah. you had because because as like as Filipino men, that was like one thing that we had over everybody. And that was even in college, in high school and everything we could. If we could do a little little R and B riff, <laughs> sing like boys to men chorus it's or something, over. it's, all it's over. over. Yeah, exactly. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that was that, and I was I was always in the the orchestra and band throughout mm-hmm. elementary school, high school as a trum major, mm-hmm. LA High Romans, because uh, I'm a, I'm a LA born and raised kid. I love that man. Yeah. Till the, I mean, obviously, I've never lived anywhere else. I don't think I'm gonna live anywhere else my entire life. And then I went to SC, and I know to the chagrin of Fio Chin and some of my other friends, uh, <laughs> I was also in the band when I was at SC. Okay, so I was right still on. Performing uh, back then, and then when I got out of college, that's when I, I was like, dude, I really need to start acting because I, I can do this. Yeah. Um, sure, it was a slow start, and it quite honestly it still is. But uh, so that was that was the start, and then my. "Quote unquote big break." Another Filipino centric was Imelda in two thousand five. Adios, oh, and that was yeah. another amazing. Now experience. Imelda, remind me of the cast of Imelda. Who who played Imelda? Antoine Diel was in it. He yeah. played um, Benigno Aquino. Okay. Liza Del Mundo played Imelda. Amazing. Liza, I'm not met Liza Liza's before. Liza's amazing. Ho- hopefully she's. Listening. Did they do Imelda again in New York? They did. Yeah. Because my friend JG Macapuga played yeah, Imelda. I don't know her personally, but I know the name. Yeah. And then oddly enough, full circle, Alan Ariano, who played Sam in Mamma Mia, mm-hmm. brother played the same exact peasant father role that I did in LA at East West Players in the New York production. Mm. Crazy. Mm. But to, to keep naming the, the cast members that are amazing on that, uh, 
Blythe Matsui was there. Um, oh, Mark Makalental and I were in the ensemble oh, together. Oh, wow. Mark. So we started together like at East West and then to come full circle for me at least with Mamma Mia, it, with him as my musical director. I was like, dude, yeah. this is just amazing. This well, I mean, like that's that's pretty that's pretty full circle to have started together in the yeah. ensemble and now, now to have like running. not even just <laughs> not even just to have worked together again yeah. in the years following but also to now work on this groundbreaking Dude. box office breaking yeah. you know representational like reviews out the crazy I mean what was it like man tell me because oh, it damn. it's such a cool such a cool you know, I, I mean when I saw it on closing night I was floored by it it was so good and it was so nice of you to, to you know to come out and support and, and to actually say that once we, you heard the word Tita being said by Grace uh, you are one of our leads that you practically teared I no I didn't that, practically dude. teared bro I cried you full on cried I cried I was I straight up yeah I feel I, that. I, 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 my, I choked up in my yeah. thing and, and tears came down because I was so happy to see it because we don't get that type no. of representation ever and being and to be there at East West and there yeah. come on man and those, those uh, full yeah. houses they ran. but right before our scene me, Danny, uh, Bernardo and Alan Ariano were actually in the in the wings waiting to come on and when that tinickling part first comes onto the stage I swear to God uh, I, I, I welled up every night because there is a power to seeing yourself on that stage. That's the thing. And to just know that, oh my God, you're being seriously represented. The, the people, once those, those two broomsticks that, that pr- pretended to be tinnickling six came down yeah. and the cheers started. Yeah. Being a Filipino American, it's like, oh my God, it's, there's this feeling of pride, of just jubilation, joy, love. It's like, oh my but God. But also just, acceptance and like hey we're part of this whole story and and that because we've wanted like in our case with with acting right we've wanted to be part of this story for our whole lives you and you said hey man i deserve and can be part of the story i'm good enough to be part of this story right yeah and here we are as a perfect example of filipino americanness in a 54 year old history of and a, for a it, yeah, nationwide famous Asian American theater, theater. and, and then to all the of it be received the way that it was yeah. that's amazing man and you know again Adeline had said it too you know uh, props to Sine Hall and to uh, to Preston our, our choreographer because you know they didn't come in with the, the intention like let's make this Filipino centric no they, of course. they saw who they had and they said you know what man we have a lot of Filipinos in this cast Let's just put a nod out there. And it wasn't the kind of nods where it hits you over the head. No. We're Filipino. No, No, it was perfect. It was beautifully done because it was subtle. But even the subtlety in it spoke volumes and ways. Well, because I I think, and I say this this phrase a lot on this podcast, where it's, it was Filipino not for the sake of being Filipino. It was because the people on stage happened to be Filipino. And if they had two broomsticks... And they were dancing in a goofy way in in a, in a courtyard. Yeah. This is probably what a group of Filipinos, Filipinos would, would do. do. Yeah, exactly. And it just it just a natural thing. Yeah. And it was really really nice to see it because, like, for me, like seeing and being Filipino on stage was transformative. Like when I did when I was able to do Magna Rubio. Yeah. Because I made it an ultimatum for myself. I think, I, like you heard on the yeah, podcast where I did. said it was like, it, if I don't get this, 
this is next level. Yeah, exactly. And if I can't, it's like a video game, right? You if you can't the pass level. the next level, well, then you better stop playing the video game or better go back down to the lower Practice. levels and keep yeah, practicing, exactly. right? Yeah. So if 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 I didn't get that, if I wasn't at that next level, then I have to acknowledge that within myself because, you know, there were only five roles and probably only two or three of those bitches Brother, were to go I, to Chicago. I went out for that shit too and I was like, well, but you know. No, but I'm talking about the Chicago one. Oh, for, I'm talking about the LA and one. And when the, the LA one, I was, that was just happenstance luck for me yeah. because Bernardo was directing and he happened to be in. Yeah, Tito Ber- Bernardo Bernardo, right? Yeah, Bernardo, oh, yeah. I oh, mean, speaking of which, that Sarswell I was talking to you about when mm-hmm. I was a kid. He was in there. He was the director. That's where I first met Tito Bernie, and he was the most amazing, most loving, uh, comforting, and just, he, he was my first director. And when I, he, I heard that he passed away a couple years ago, we had kept in touch on, on Facebook, and I wanted to see him before he passed his untimely death, but I was like, oh my God, he was, he was the man, Bernardo, no, Bernardo. Bernardo and I, man, yeah. we have a very, we've had a very long, very interesting, and very just... We had he he did the voice for the Tagalog voice for the Fisherman, which mm-hmm. was the film that ended up going to HBO. Oh yeah. We did an animated short after the whole Mini Pacquiao thing. Tim Sigginson mm-hmm. and Rice Cooker Studios and my production company came together and we did this animated short called The Fisherman, and I did the English voiceover of the animation, and then Bernardo did the Tagalog, and. Um, yeah, man, he, uh, Bernardo and I, I mean, he's like my uncle. Yeah, he was everybody's uncle. You know, I, yeah. I mean, and, and he was that way even when I first was in Chicago because yeah. it, in, in, when I got cast, it was me, Narciso Lobo, mm-hmm. and we were the two, like, nice. Chicago Chicago kids, right? Yeah. And then there was Rodney Toe, who was also from Chicago, but he, I know Rodney. I he, was Rodney. Via, he was via Broadway in New yeah, York, and he'd been exactly. doing a whole bunch of stuff. And then, of course, Joe Ferranda, I don't know which that. Joe Ferranda, he's been the engineer... Oh, he was yeah. an engineer, awesome. and he was, like, national tour. He was yeah. L.A. actor, and then moved to Chicago. And then, of course, it was Bernardo. That was the five. Yeah. Right? Bernardo played the shadow of the, of the, the lady, and Narci- Narciso was Atoy, yeah. Rodney was Magno, and yeah. Joe was Nick, and then I was Claro. Right. Same role that I played in L.A. And that's the only, the, the only reason that I was able to get the role right away was because I played it right. before. I remember you uh, said it on your podcast, which yeah. is great. I mean, they should keep the original guys if they can. Or I, I, well, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That said, you know, we hadn't done that show in like 10 years. <laughs> it's like riding a bike. You'll, you'll get back on. No, 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 no. No, now. I'm, I'm oh, talking yeah. about currently oh, now. Yeah. And I look at it now like there's a glut of young Filipino actors and Actors that have not yet to be able to get an opportunity to be in that play, yeah. and to me, like, you know, I, I'm I'm not not stepping into that producer role because I, I still want to be an actor and, and yeah. still want I would still love to be in that play again. But but at the same time, if I were to produce it, I'd love to you know cast to five new guys that never got it that got a chance because yeah. it's such a fun play to do. And and like you said, man, being able to be. Filipino on stage, yeah, on stage? That, and, and, and then to be able to represent it in that way and then to have it be received by not only just Filipino audiences but all types of audiences yeah. it's a it's different special crazy. thing I mean our, our cast and you've probably heard it from Edlin or maybe other people you've spoken to from the get go from day one there was an unspoken feeling of like gratefulness 
um, because when, when we first met for the, the first read-through, it was unspoken, but you could tell everyone was like, dude, you fucking made it. Or we made it. We're here. And when we were introducing ourselves to one another, it didn't feel like, oh, this person's going to be a pain in the ass or this person's a diva or a devo. It was just like, dude, we, we're here. See, if I'd have gotten cast, it'd have been like that. Been like, this <laughs> motherfucker over here. Stank, he's something else. <laughs> it was never like that. No. It, from top to bottom, and I tell this to everybody who asks me, from top to bottom, cast-wise and production team, like Snehal said on that last performance, the stars aligned. And I know that's a cliche, but it truly no. did because we felt it. We felt it not only with this, the amazing, wonderful support of the audience, but just being in it. And one of the things that I always was surprised at was people would come up to me, even now, mm -hmm. and they would say this. And to me, it's surprising because I'm on the inside. They go, we can tell that you guys were close and you guys had fun with one another. Yes, I, I, I could totally um, attest to that because we just loved coming to work together. Mm -hmm. Again, there was no divas from, from Joan all the way down to, you know, an ensemble person. Danny Everyone Bernardo was, was not a diva. <laughs> I know for a fact that fool is a diva. I'm just, I love Danny. I, I'm just kidding. No, but we, we did joke around that if we had to name one diva, it would be Danny Bernardo. See, I knew it. I knew it. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah, no, Danny Bernardo, the thing, I wanted to bring up Danny Bernardo only because both he and, I forgot to mention Chicago. him. On, on with AJ, but yeah. in both cases, with Danny, it's actually even more yeah. than AJ because AJ, I saw him and he was already he was famous. He was already yeah, playing, already playing yeah. big yeah. crowds. Danny was an intern on Romance of Mangue Rubio in Chicago. Oh, damn, Danny. He was a 16 year old intern. He was like the assistant stage manager, just wanted to be in the room with like us. Four foot eight, right? No, he was, still, his... he was taller than me still. <laughs> Before his brother, tall, <laughs> lanky Filipino. I don't even know how he got out so tall for being Filipino. Danny's wonderful. But you know, no, that kid is a. I've I, I watched him grow because he, he wrote a play. Danny. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. About, about him coming out. And he'll, he'll be on the podcast. He can Good. talk about I hope it. So. But, but um, I bonded with Danny from the, the callback audition. So. Mm -hmm. I, I saw that because you guys were like together. Yeah, you took pictures it was so together. Funny yeah. because when when I got in that room, Danny was like super friendly, super you know just cool, and I was like, man, okay, I hope we both get it because you have a feeling about people. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And so we, we thankfully got it. And then going back to the cast, I mean, and I say this all the time lovingly. I Joan, she's a queen. She's a goddess. She's she deserved like five fucking Tonys. I mean, well, Joan I, I feel is like amazing. I'm gonna tell you right now. I was mad when John John wasn't nominated for best actor. Dude. And I'll be mad if Joan doesn't get nominated. Because look, Seriously. both they, she needs to be nominated for something she for this. Because she was fierce. Like uh, I mean, her voice was impeccable. But not only that, she was on point. Act yeah. like acting was incredible. I mean, not that ev everybody on stage was incredible. Yeah, but Joan, that's why she's the lead. And every night, and you'll hear this from everybody. I was pinching myself every night, every moment that I came to the theater. I was like. Oh my God! I'm working with Joan Almedia. Yeah, and of course, you know, I feel the same way with about everybody else because everyone else is equally amazing. Sure, but I, I've, we've known Joan for quite some time. My girlfriend Helen Oda uh, and I, and we've always revered and loved. Joan. Shout out to Helen Oda. Listen, <laughs> Helen, he was telling me about you. You should be on the show. We should have, talk about your crazy, funny Asian story too. So there you go. <laughs> with Joan, she's oh, and as you know her, Joan, despite her phenomenal, God-given super high status talents sure she is the most humble the most uh 
normal of all people that you could ever work with. And I, I, say, I say this jokingly all the time. I wish she pulled the diva card. And if she pulled that diva card, we'd be like, hell yeah, we'll do whatever you want. No, but you know what? I think that is what is great about all the legends, right? I call them legends now because they, they paved the way for us. Absolutely. Joan, John, 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 John yep. Leia, Leia, all of these guys. They Absolutely. paved the way for all of us. Like they showed us an example of how to be in this game. Yeah. Right? To Just be humble. To, to I mean, I mean, when you look at when you look at John John and the way that like his daughter Isa and Teo and how successful they are in this game, you know they're doing something right because yeah. the 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 being humble, being down to earth, building this community of people by not even just. You lead by example, right? Exactly. And that's Respectful. how they and that's how they do it. That's how that's how they've gotten to be the OGs yeah. that they are is because they're so humble. Yeah, and if you know, if and there's so take away anything from this, be respectful of everybody that you work with. Be humble, be grateful, be respectful because the shit comes around goes around. I mean, well, seriously, you look, you, but karma. The, you look at it from the standpoint of as an actor, as a young actor, right? For me, looking back on the things that I was lucky and blessed enough to experience, you know, working with John John, working with Bernardo, working with Joe Ferrando, yeah. working with Rodney Toe, working with G Tonji, working with yeah. all these people that I've been able to work with, Dante Bosco, every, I mean, I've been able to work with every single one. If you looked at all the Filipinos down the list of all the celebrities of like the 100 most influential Filipino celebrities I done work with all of them I should be on that mother <laughs> you are on that list be humble be humble I'm just kidding <laughs> no but no but at the same time it's very cool to look back when like if you'd have told me when I was 21 and I first started acting and I was first learning my first monologue to go on an audition yeah. that when I was you know in my 40s that I'd be interviewing great actors and talking about their experiences but not only that doing stand up comedy and producing shows and You'd be you, like, I'd be like hey great perfect that's exactly what I'd want to be doing yeah, exactly. and and we talk about it all the time because we're lucky enough to be able to live out our dreams but to be blessed with working with that the the list that you just named and you know when you get into acting some people get in because they want to be famous obviously yeah. or they want the money but as you uh no, don't get me wrong. Y'all, y'all yeah, want to... No, no doubt. My Patreon is miscellaneous <laughs> brown comedy invasion, y'all, just in case. Go do it. As you slug through it, you know, your, your goals become more like, one, to do good work, to, mm -hmm. to get work. Exactly. To do good work, get work, but also to work with some of your idols and work with these people that you know are on another level from you. Because there's always going to be somebody that's better than you. Of course. More experienced. And that's what... You should strive to want to work with those people because they'll make you a better person first right. and then a better artist second. Because they show you – because if they've been in the game for a long time, yeah. there's a lesson to be learned from them. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Because the thing that people forget about in this game, yeah, sure, money's great, mm -hmm. fame is great. All that stuff is wonderful. But the thing about this game is longevity. And being able, like, like what Fio said, the war of attrition, yeah. and being able to stick it out, not till you get successful or famous, but just to be able to stick it out until you don't want to do it anymore, until and until that breath. fire is burnt exactly. out, and and until the fire burns out, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing, and and that's part of it, you know. It's like that. There's that little fire in all of us, and I think that's what this podcast is all about. Is Absolutely. like talking about that little fire because. 
you know, when, when people talk about that little fire, then it reminds others of their own little fire, you know? And you get the fire and the inspiration from your peers and obviously from the people that you follow. You know, they don't have to be Asian-American. But you get it from these outside influences. Uh, like, one great example that I want to bring up is during rehearsals, there was a time, there was a moment where they, I think they were just testing mics or something. Sure. And Joan was sitting on the staircase and they just wanted to go through the winner takes it all. And so she was just sitting there. It wasn't even stage, and we were all just kind of like meandering through the, the theater. So some were sitting in the audience, some were sitting on the stage. And she just starts going for it. And we literally, I, I feel like crying right now, bro. Because I was, I was tearing up when I was hearing it when she was doing it. It was so sweet. She and wasn't simple. acting. It yeah. was simple. We have some of it on, on video, as a okay. matter of fact. Yeah. We use it in a, in a cast thing. But we all just kind of like stood there looked, watched, listened, felt, and it's like being, I know she's going to listen and she's like, shut up. But it was like sitting in the midst of greatness. Like, I, I know she's going to totally say, no, I hate you for saying that. But just listening and being part and just feeling what she was doing in such a vulnerable, non-performing sure. moment. Oh, no. It was so freaking powerful. And yeah. to think the to myself. The rawness of the voice, the whole thing, the everything, everything so about real. it. Yeah, just real. And yeah. even in rehearsal, for it to be that powerful and that amazing, obviously when she did it in front of audiences, she just blew it, blew the, the roof. Oh, gosh. What she said, yeah. I mean, I was like, why aren't you all standing <laughs> up? Why did we all What crying? is going on? Y'all need to stand up. I know it's not the end of the play, but y'all need to stand up. I'm, I'm not... Okay, I'm going to sit down now again because I'm making a fool of myself. I had but. a scene right after that song and upstage or backstage. <laughs> That's so... I could not listen and ask my, my two fellow cast members, Nicole Santiago and Jules Aurora, who you'll probably have eventually either both of them. We couldn't listen because if we were listening to what she was singing, we'd all just be bawling before we get on the yeah, stage on our beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I had to literally just like... Okay, puppies and bunnies, puppies and bunnies. <laughs> Take, think about baseball. I just couldn't hear her See, and that's because such, I was that so That was engulfed. such the hard part because I've only done one musical ever in my life. And like, I, it was funny. My wife, <laughs> we're driving home from Mama Mia and she goes, you should have auditioned for that. You should have. And I'm, Why but, not? No, but, but the thing is, is that like musicals and me are not a... It's part, probably part of the reason why like, I gravitated all the way, all the way down to comedy because... Not down to comedy, but... Right. Like, I can't, I'm not very good with choreography. Like, I was watching the choreography, and I was like, oh, man, no. No, <laughs> hell no. You got the Filipino Listen, dance. I can change. dance. You I can break dance. I can do the solo See? dance. I do the running man in the 90s stuff all day and battle you all day long. But when it comes time to dance and next and right and dance and doing the same shit next to the same person and the next, I can't. I get all wet. I'm all flubbed. So musicals in me are not a okay a perfect example okay yeah. I did one musical which one was it it was called Eating Raul hmm, okay. and Adrian's Med back in the 80s oh I remember it was that. like this like a little shop of horrors kind of thing where um, the it was like these landlords and the, or yeah or these tenants these white these this white lady and this white man uh, and then they have this like you know Latin um, miscellaneous brown, miscellaneous brown. Right? Exactly. they had this Latin janitor named Raul <laughs> And then played the, by Eric Esteban. Played by Eric Esteban, and then um, the the wife of the of the the, the two white the couple white couple falls in love with Raúl, and they start killing all the tenants. It's not a very good play. I'm just saying like but that. It was a musical. It was a musical. Okay, it was a musical. And it was on Broadway. Nice, right? Oh. Adrian Zemed from T.J. Hooker. Cool, yeah. I don't know if y'all know. It's an '80s uh, reference. Way back. Way back. But he was Raúl on Broadway, right? 
So I left Second City and Bizco and the touring company. I heard that, yeah. You to be in this fucking musical. Yeah. Right? Now, to go back to the dancing. There was this big tap dancing number. Oh, damn. Tap dancing is hard. That's tough, yeah. Tap dancing is hard. Yeah. And, and they told me, because and, and eating Raul, right? So I had to be on the stage. Because uh, the, the play is about Raul. The name is... Yeah, exactly. You're and the, the song that they were singing and tap dancing to was about me. So I had to be on stage. But... They were like, Eric, you got to just wear regular shoes. <laughs> you just got to wear regular shoes and stand, stand in the middle of the stage. We're going to dub your taps. No, they didn't dub shit. I just stood stationary. And then they were like, when, when they're on stage right, you put your arms up and you point at them like this. And when they're on stage left, you, you point at them like this. Center. And when they're in the center, you go like this. Oh. And that's all you do, bro. And I was like, <laughs> I got you. I got that. But that's why, man, I can't, I'm not a, I'm not a dancer. You know, yeah, okay, I guess. You didn't have to be, per se, because Preston Mui, he was an amazing, is an amazing choreographer and <laughs> super supportive. I might have been a good, if I'd, I mean, we'd, I did choreography in Magna Rubia. You know, there was some dancing yeah. stuff, but it wasn't really dancing, yeah, it was more I mean, with the this, sticks. this choreography was like full-on musical. Yeah, there was some musical dance, there was some dance yeah. stuff there, and I couldn't do that stuff. The I way just, he did it, too. Yeah, man, it was good. Amazing. I probably could have just done the Tinny Kling, and then that would have been... <laughs> but that was Jones anyway. <laughs> 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 I've Eric, come here. <laughs> cool, thank you. <laughs> That's all I would have been able to do. Oh, and then, speaking of it, there was even a slight <laughs> to Sinkil, and so for the, the listeners who know what Sinkil is, that's the four... Uh, link sticks that are crossed together. Did there they do a, that? There was a slight nod to that because there was a there's a moment where one of our other uh, cast members was holding the umbrella over. I think it was Anthea or Joan, and that was a nod to Sinclair. Oh, okay, right yeah. on. So, so there's these little like subtle slider, nods. Nod, huh? little, little, Unless uh, you know, little, little Filipino Easter eggs. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we, we didn't have a lot, but we had enough to be like, yeah, it's Filipino, like the teeth. No, I, that's why I said the when they, when 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 L A when L A Times said that you Hamilton, Mamma Mia, I was oh, like, no, nah, then, nah, yeah. nah, they Filipino they did. Filipino because did. because man, it was so good. I I, yeah. and I I I would even like it, it. It's one of those moments where I feel like. Ten years from now, the way that the people talk about like Magno and Dog yeah. Eaters, right. and the and the shows exactly. that you know They're kind like of put Filipino theater on the map yeah. a lot in a lot of ways here in Los Angeles, they're gonna talk about that in the same way that in the same That's light nice because of everybody. yeah, yeah, I I, I I I don't have any doubt at all. I mean, just I mean, you guys broke box office records. Well, you know, and we sakes. could have done that, and I, I say this all the time without the support of everybody who came out, and we so appreciate it, and then even till this day, I know it's crazy. I, I'm not. I am a stranger to celebrity or fame. I mean, you know, sure. no one knows me. But I got recognized at the gym by some white guy. Uh, I've been, I was shooting an event two weeks ago, and these girls come up to me. I know you, but you, you had an accent. So the reason why I bring that up is because whenever people congratulate or you know, give us, uh, I'm sorry, they say, oh my God, you're great. I bring it back to the support that we got from all those people who came to the show. Sure. Not only the Filipinos, but definitely the Filipino community, but just to everybody who came yes. and experienced it with us. Because without them, it would not be the highest grossing show. It would not be, I guess, the phenomenon that it was without the people 
who they got national attention, up. man. It got it was it was I guess national so. attention. Yeah, I mean, and I it's really it's I, I I agree with you one hundred percent because it always starts with the people who support it and the audience. Absolutely, because the audience. And then here's where I'll, I'll my pitch to you guys to like, hey, if you like this podcast and you like the stories that we tell, share this with Please. your friends because the more that you share it, the bigger it gets. The people, the more people that listen, the more yeah. you know it gets featured on Stitcher, it gets featured on Apple Podcasts. So share it, rate, review, like your boy Mike. Look at what happened. He listened, but also he was going to be on the show anyway because he's a cast of Mamma Mia. That's my goal is Plus, to get the all whole my friends have been on it too. Cast of Mamma Mia. <laughs> The whole cast of Mamma Mia is eventually going to do this show. I hope so. Crazy oh funny God. Asians. Well, just because, well, because, like I said, I do really feel as if it's a moment in Asian American theater that we're going to look back on and we're going to talk about, so that these podcasts can almost chronicle that post-show experience for you guys. Because, I mean, in a lot of ways, I wish we could have had something like this during Magno, yeah, Magno. you know, or, or, even or during, or even earlier. Absolutely, because. These are the stories that we never had as right. actors growing up, you know, where you could listen to somebody talking about how their mom forced them to play the piano when <laughs> right. Right, right as their mom is forcing them to play the piano. You know, it's right. it's it's one of those things. I'm not doing this for us necessarily. I want it to be for the kids. Like exactly. I said, I, I said this when I was, whenever I edit the podcast, which I don't have to do because we doing straight through one take with this bitch. How cool is this, Mike Palma? Straight through. No, but really, like, I always listen to this podcast before I upload it with the ears of a teenage Filipino kid who's interested in, in working in the arts, in the arts, yeah, in, in writing, in comedy, and right. acting, and whatever it is, because I didn't have that. Neither and, did I. Yeah. Neither did I. And I see how much, like, tit, the word tita brings me to tears. I don't know that it would bring a millennial to tears. Or, yeah, or even, or even a, Los Angel, a Los Angelino Filipino that grew up here and experienced the things. Because, like, growing up in Chicago, man... No it was tough, bro. It was I tough. I mean, there were three. I, it was me, Carlo, and John. There was yeah. three Filipino guys in, in in my in my class of like two hundred kids in grammar school, and wow. then in high school, most of it was all the cats that had just immigrated from the Philippines. Yeah. So unless you spoke Tagalog really well, they didn't really want to hang with you. Yeah. So there was really there was me and one other dude, Glenn Trinos, and that was it. Wow. And so. Like when I came here, like the floodgates of Filipinos. It, well, it was like I came here because of Magna Rubio because I went equity with Magna Rubio and I couldn't. I kept turning down shows in the non-equity Chicago, right? And so I came here to LA because I didn't really want to do theater anyway. I wanted to do, do yeah, film TV. and TV. And so I came to LA and I saw all the Filipino community here, and I realized because. When I played Magna Ru- in Magna Rubia, that was the first time I ever got to play where someone cast me as a Filipino. As a Filipino. Right? And I came to L.A. thinking, man, I really just want to be Filipino now. I just want to play Filipino. I don't want to be miscellaneous brown yeah, anymore. You wanna be I want to play yeah. roles that connect with me and my, my, my life, my story. And then I saw... <laughs> the community that was here and I said bro I'm home yeah as much as Chicago is still my home 
this Filipino American community in Los Angeles, if not Los Angeles, but yeah. the Filipino American community in Los Angeles, between Mini Pacquiao, between all the stuff that people have supported me, right like like so. you said, yeah. the community. I mean, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if not for the support of. Dude, of and speaking of which, I used to work for SIPA, Search and Involve Filipino American. I made videos for SIPA. Yeah, SIPA yeah. is. Joel Jacinto was the executive, yeah. and I loved my time there because it really makes you see more and to interact more with the Filipino community. That was one of my first stops when I first moved here because because. Historic Filipino town, yeah. right? It was before they even named it. Historic yeah, Filipino and well, they got SIPA was part of the push to get it named exactly. Historic Filipino town, yeah. and you know the history behind even just that Temple Street. I'm sad that they're remodeling and doing a new yeah, office, yeah. but at the same time they're growing, so they have to. Mm-hmm. But that building, man. I mean, I did two shows there. I did two stand-up shows there. Plus, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the Black Eyed Peas. They, yeah, yeah. They Apple started. Yeah. They, they started up brave dancing there. Dude, so I had I mean, a little tiny cubicle in, in that little in health prevention and promotion services. I was there for ninety three to ninety eight. Man, years. dude, when you think about when again now, ten years from now, <laughs> when you think you know that little office in SIPA and what it will be in ten years, whatever yeah. that that whatever new building that they build. And whatever new things that they'll be able to accomplish with yeah. that new building. And you think about that small old that building small, and those small buildings. You know, yeah. Even in our careers and in our lives, yeah. we've seen so much progress. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to close out a little bit with uh, your, your experience at Comic-Con. Oh, now it's nothing extraordinary. No, but I mean, we don't even need to talk about like necessarily your, your yeah. thing. I mean... A lot of shit happened at Comic Con this week. I I was like, you want to talk about stuff making me cry? I mean, I'm not even Chinese, but when Homie busted into the oh, Chinese, right. the sh- when the when, when when Simu um, started and accepted the thing with the Chinese first before he even Dude, spoke busted. a word of English. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about somebody who believes in representation matters? That was that was a deep, deep, meaningful thing. And man. Shout out to him. I don't I don't know him personally, but I mean, whenever. An Asian American brother or sister can get to like these heights. That, I mean, it just pulls everybody up. It right? shows us we can do it. Exactly. I mean, and even like because I've been following him. I followed him on Twitter. Obviously, immediately when I mean, I didn't follow him first, but I'm a bandwagoner. Yes, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I haven't met him yet. Okay, if I'd have met him, I would have followed him. If you're my friend, I'll follow you on Twitter right away. If I don't know you, but I admire you, I'll follow you too. But you know what I'm saying. Okay, so anyhow, I followed Simu, and he was talking about how like. Man, a year ago, I was sitting at my desk eating um, shrimp crackers in my underwear, and I'm yeah. still doing that, but now I'm a superhero. <laughs> Forever. But, yeah. but, but it's great. For, like That was a brilliant thing to embody. You know that he put that out there. He, he tweeted out to Marvel. I think I did. A year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Marvel, when are we going to talk hashtag Shang-Chi? Damn. Right? spoke his shit into existence I, I did a motivational video about it because it's like that's what you got to do yeah so i put a, i put a tweet out same nice. as simu and i said i said listen marvel jacob batalan might need a stoner uncle <laughs> but at the same time whatever you need if like there's a new you know asian thing where you need an asian dude to scream like a bitch and get hit by a rock I'm good. You're you're there. I'm you're there. good. I have I have uh, I have uh, experience. Remember 
I screamed like a bitch and got kicked off a motorcycle <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, and right. born supremacy. <laughs> so screaming right. like a bitch in big movies, <laughs> you, you I'm here. I got it. I'm man. in. <laughs> I'm in. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, but you know, Comic-Con is just something that I, I and if you're SAG, you should go because if you, I got in because as a professional in the industry, you get, get to go for free. See, I didn't know that. Yes. All you have to I, do is You apply. just, when you told me that, I didn't want to react to it. I wanted to react to it now on the podcast. I was like, God, I can go for free? Yes. You have to just send them all of your... Do they your Do they give you the, the toys and shit for free no, too? No, they don't. They just give you a, like a pass that's worth, what, nearly $400 for free for all the days? It's like three sixty dollars or something like for all the but days. But they get to give it to you for free. Yeah. So it's another it, good reason to pay my SAG dues. Exactly. And for you or for anybody who has kids under 16, kids get in for free as long as they're with somebody who has the, a pass already. No problemo. Okay, well, the next year. You better go. Better well, next year, you. I'm going to be on one of the panels. Oh, hell yeah. Well, I'm going to be sitting put, right next to That's right. Let's just put it out there. That's right. Right. We'll put it out there. Well, I got a, I got a script from Mike to read that <laughs> I'm going to stop the podcast soon because that's the top secret shit, y'all. No, but for real. Um, this has been Crazy Funny Asians, Mr. Mike Palma. Check him out. Tell him where you can find you on Instagram. Uh, M. Palma Photography or just look for Michael C. Palma or uh, mpalmaphotography.com or mpalmaimageworks, works spelled W-E-R-X dot com. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we still, we didn't even get a chance to talk about his, po- his right. photography, but this guy is an amazing photographer. Check out his Instagram. Check it out again. Re- say it one more time. Uh, M. Palma Photography. On Instagram, yeah. So check that out. And then that'll link you to all my other sites. But yeah, check it out. I'd love to... Uh, I'm also going to talk to him about doing a, a photo series, a comic photo series, where it uh, it, it, it uh, copies the Red Hot Chili Peppers and the socks, where they cover the socks with the yeah, penis. The little teeth yeah. right. Yeah, but we're going to have to use little socks, like baby socks. <laughs> no, we're going to have to use big socks, bro. We're Filipino, right? No, no, no. Well, maybe <laughs> oh, you. No. Maybe you. I got a baby no, sock. Man, I got I got my little girl's toddler socks. I'll well, use that got, one. You already have two offsprings. I don't have jacks. So. Right, but yeah, but no, that's no, why it's it's hanging, it's already bro. shrunken. It's shrunken. <laughs> We're gonna end with some penis. <laughs> <laughs> Always <laughs> penis jokes. Crazy funny Asians. We love them. Yeah, penis jokes. Thanks for having me. Love it. I appreciate it. Peace. <laughs>